What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Ward of the Dad Up Podcast, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I am super excited about the guest that I have on today. But before we get to that, if you have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I'm super excited to have this guest on today. He and I have gotten a chance to kind of connect on social media, and what he and his wife are doing is phenomenal. Um, I think it's just a, a huge tribute to uh, kind of helping families grow and get better, uh, not only as a family, but also as husband and wife. Um, so I'm excited to have him on. Seth, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that we connected. I know there's some back and forth and we finally are, are doing it. So yeah, thanks so much for having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love what you and your wife are doing. Um, I think it's phenomenal. But for my listeners who may not know who you are, I want a little bit of backstory, Seth, because I don't know your backstory. Uh, and I'd like to know, dive a little bit deeper into that and kind of hear you know, who you are, how you grew up, and uh, kind of how it transitioned you into what you're doing today with your wife. So yeah. Let me hear yeah. about it. Right on. So I'll give the, the the annotated version, I guess. So I'm originally from South Carolina, grew born and raised there, grew up there in the Bible Belt and went to undergrad there. And I was in a band during college. And we said, hey, after college, let's let's do something big. So we packed up, moved out to Seattle on September 11, 2001, like the day that all wow. the stuff went down. So we're like, OK, leaving our families, driving 3000 miles across the country to start a new life. And so that was kind of crazy. So toured for a while, got a record deal and all this stuff. And then I met my wife and we started dating and the touring life just wasn't working out for her and I, you know, it's gone eight months of the year. It's hard to build a relationship that way. So I was like, okay, I'm hanging, hanging up the, the, the band life. And I went to grad school out in Seattle to become a licensed marriage and family therapist. And fast forward a couple of years, my wife and I had our first son, and then we had a second son. We'd been married about four or five years at this point, and um, the, the bottom just fell out. You know, like the, the stress of a young married couple, money. I was in graduate school. I had three jobs and an internship, and uh, she had just had our, our second son, so she was postpartum, and I had been lying to her on, on certain things, just like, oh, I can, I can do this myself. I can white knuckle it, you know, kind of like the guy thing that sometimes we do. And, uh, she found out about some stuff and boom, like I said, the bottom fell out and she ended up giving me a black eye and we wanted to get divorced. We hated each other. It was just a terrible, and all the time I was a licensed marriage and family therapist, right? So I should have had my stuff together. I should have known what to do. Right. And that wasn't the case, but fast forward, two years of really hard work of therapy, of coaching, of podcasts, of reading, a lot of praying, all kinds of stuff. We made it through. And then we decided, hey, let's share our story and be just vulnerable to help other people. Because during that time when we were really, really hurting, we were looking for resources and there were no resources out there on marriage from people that look like us. We have tattoos and all kinds of stuff. And we like to do we're, we're not afraid to try new things and go for it. Right. And all the marriage resources out there just weren't that they were like, Hey, love your husband, love your wife. This is cool. Just do this, you know, sit together. And we're like, I don't even want to look at you right now, but we still want to be together. So we, we created the resources. Um, we call it real help for real couples. And we're creating things that we wish we had during that time. 
And uh, fast forward uh, a little bit more. We've had a podcast uh, just a couple days ago, the five-year anniversary, and uh, millions of downloads, tons of people helped. And we're also high-performance marriage coaches now. So we walk through, walk with other couples through hard stuff, or if they know that like, hey, there's something more to this life. There's something more to this marriage. We don't have the tools, but let's go get the tools. And we help couples do that. That's so cool. That's awesome. How long have you guys, uh, well, let me ask you this. How long have you personally been um, uh, working with couples? Like how many years? Yeah, well, in on the therapy side, for about 14 years. Um, okay. That's individual therapy, that's um, couples, groups, all kinds of stuff, families. So I've been doing that for about 14 years. So I have that background down pat, right? And we recently went full time about two years ago into high performance marriage coaching, where we blend coaching, therapy, high accountability, high encouragements. And I mean, you're a coach, you know, it's like we're we're coaching couples through that. And we've been doing that for about two years and loving every second of it. That's cool. And now how many kids you have? We have three. Um, We live outside of Seattle. Now my wife is from the Seattle area. We have three kids. We have a 14 year old, about to be 13 year old and about to be 10 year old daughter soon. Wow. Yeah. So two boys and a girl. That's cool. Um, I only have two boys. Uh, They're both grown 23 and 20. Um, But I know as a young family, uh, having three young kids at home, um, it can provide a lot of stress, not only in on the family, but on the husband and wife. Um, How long have you guys been married? We've been married 17 years. It'll be 18 in August. All right, cool. Congratulations on that. Um, When you, I mean, obviously you're a licensed therapist. You guys are having this struggle um, going through this. Uh, was it, was it because of the kids? Cause I hear that a lot with, with couples. It's because of the kids they're they're trying to work it out. Was it really that, or was it really, you know what, we made a commitment to each other and we want to try to make this work. What do we need to do? Uh, aside from the kids, what do we need to do as a couple? Which, I mean, or was it both? Yeah, it was, it was very much both. Like I, I came from a, a home where my, my parents are still together and her parents are still together. So divorce and just calling it quits was never, I mean, it was an option, but it was, it was the very last thing that's like, okay. And the deepest part of our minds is like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do all the work kind of thing because I, I didn't want that. Right. And of course we both wanted uh, a together family for our kids, but uh, at a very core level too, we both still liked each other. We, we both wanted to make it work. We just didn't have the tools, but at least we had the growth mindset to know that we didn't know what we knew kind of thing. Right. And like, okay, let's go out there and get it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know, tears and sweat and all kinds of really hard work. But we were of the mindset, thankfully, like, okay, we're going to make this work. Uh, so it, it was both. It was for, for our marriage and then also for the family too. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, um, you know, for my listeners, my viewers, um, you know, this is, this is a show f- about dads and how they are with their kids, but this particular show is a little bit different because I want to, it's important as uh, spouses that we are, remain strong and united, not only for each other, but for our kids. So even though uh, it's not really uh, how we raise our kids uh, kind of directed in that, kind of in that direction, it's this episode, I really want to talk a, a lot about marriage because how important it is um, for our kids to see that. Um, for you guys, kind of going through that transition of trying to make it work, 
Why do you think as a, as a licensed therapist, why do you think couples are so willing to just give up just be like, you know what? I've heard the old little, you know, quote unquote saying it's cheaper to keep her kind of thing, but it seems like couples, and we know that we know the divorce rates, right? It seems like couples are just so willing to just throw in the towel and walk away. Why do you think that is instead of trying to work on stuff? Well, from I mean, the research says this too, and especially I think in the last 10 years and more so just in the last two years and three years, everyone, it seems like most people don't want to work hard. They think, oh, if this is hard, if I'm getting pushback, if I'm discouraged on this, it must be the wrong thing. And then poof, you know, it's like, okay, over. And a lot of couples, when they go through hard times, which of course, that's just inevitable, you know, this isn't an easy quote, you know, easy life kind of thing. We get discouraged, we want to give up and go, oh, there must be something better. There must be something different or I made a mistake, you know? And it's kind of like uh, my dad used to say, you know, any, anything worth having is worth working for. And, and I was, you know, and if you think about it this way, um, uh, I, I wrestled for four years in high school and played tennis and did sports and stuff and still work out now. It's like, okay, anytime that I work out or run or push myself, I'm always happier. I'm always happier at the end. I don't necessarily want to get up at 5.30 and go, you know, run in the rain or do whatever. But every single time, it is always worth it. And I want to encourage couples every single time, if you really dig down and like uh, right when you want to give up, right when you want to quit, that's when you have to double down. Not, not like in a stubborn way, but you have to reach down inside and go, okay, let me look at this differently. If I don't have the tools, let me go out there and get them. But a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And I, I think here's one of the other reasons why. Oftentimes couples get married or they go into a relationship or they try to get a new job or a new house or something, thinking that that thing will make them happy, that that thing will make them content or have joy or peace or be settled and whatnot. And that is one of the biggest lies as a marriage and family therapist, and just a person who's been in this game for a while. That is like one of the biggest lies ever. And that is, that is why Melanie and I in the early days had all of our trouble because I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not happy. I'm feeling some kind of way. It must be your fault. And she was doing the same thing. Right. And then we finally woke up and go, wait a minute, happiness, joy, contentment, peace, all that stuff lies within me right? So we both had to get straight before our marriage got straight. And a lot of married couples give up because they look to their spouse and go, oh, she's crazy. She's drama. This is that. Or, you know, he's egotistical or he's lazy or this. It's like, okay, they may be those things, right? But in, in therapy, we call this differentiation, right? Mm -hmm. I can be happy. I can be peaceful, content, anything in any situation. We all can. We don't think we can and we don't believe that, but you actually can. Now, you just fall off a log and think that way? No. First, you have to realize that and then go out and do the work and get the resources. Listen to books. I mean, uh, read books. Listen to shows like yours or shows like ours or other shows. Get the tools that you need to build yourself up and then go do it. You know, and I mean, of course, divorce happens, obviously, and sometimes cases are valid. Um, but in, in most, and I've had tons of clients that do this, like, man, they, they were about to give up. Right. But after a couple of weeks of, of coaching or therapy or something like, Oh, we worked through that. We didn't give all this away. And that was one of the perpetuating things in me and Melanie's mind. Melanie's my wife's name. We didn't want to give up what we had. We had two kids already. Thankfully now we have a third, right? We would have given up a lot of that stuff 
had we not done the work, made some big realizations and just really dug in and looked within, not outward, looked within first and then moved forward. And thank God we did. Yeah. It made all the difference. I love that you mentioned differ- differentiation because um, my wife and I, uh, you know, as I told you before we started recording, my wife and I, we actually have a marriage coach and she's a, she's like you, she's a, she's a licensed therapist and she, she is a therapist for many, many couples, many individuals. Um, but we went to her as, as a coach, um, to kind of help us through, just marriage. Cause marriage, listen, we know marriage is hard. Marriage is tough. Anything that you want to do and be successful at, you got to work at it. Like you said, right. It takes Absolutely. work. And when you're living with somebody essentially 24 seven, there's going to be issues. There's going to be things that happen. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be disagreements, those kind of things. And what my wife and I wanted to, to make sure that we were doing, cause we're, my wife and I are in love with each other. We respect each other. We want to be in this relationship together. We want to make our marriage work. But we thought, my, my thinking was uh, like pro athletes have coaches, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a high school bar, a varsity basketball coach. So players, sports players in high school have coaches. Uh, you go to the gym and you want to work out. You could do that yourself. But and really to find real true success, you should have a coach to help you uh, train right and eat right. So why not have a, a coach in marriage? And so when we, when we looked for this coach, we found her, we started seeing uh, her, we were, we were going to her once a month and we've been doing it now for over three years. And awesome. I tell people that, um, and I don't want people to think, and I've said this before, but I don't want people to think that we see her because we have problems. It's absolutely, it's actually the opposite. We see her so we don't have problems. Right. And don't get me wrong. There are conversations that we have with her that are, you know, she'll ask us things, uh, you know, what, what transpired over the last month. And there may be something that bothered me or bothered my wife and we'll bring it up almost like we're in therapy. Right. But she coaches us through how to, you know, navigate those tough times. And she has mentioned differentiation. And one of the things that I struggle with as a, as a, as a husband, and a lot of husbands struggle with this, and I'm sure you can agree, but Mm -hmm. we want to fix everything for our, for our spouses. You know, when they're having a tough day, when they're going through something that's, that's, that, you know, they had a tough day or they're frustrated about something. The husband's first instinct is how can I fix it? And sometimes, and I had a real problem with that. Like I could see my wife's face. I could tell something was on her mind and I go, what's wrong? What? And then I immediately put it on me. Go, what did I do? Did, are you, are you mad at me about something? Yeah. And she'll go, nothing. You know, it's, you haven't done anything. Well, okay. What, so what's the matter? What, what can I do to fix it? And sometimes, a lot of times I should say, uh, your spouse doesn't necessarily need you to fix it. Sometimes they just need you to listen. And I had a hard time with that because I wanted to get it out of her and like try to fix it. What can we do to make it better? Um, but I found that in talking to my coach, I found that stop doing, I have to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. I have to, because like you said, it's a lot of trying to fix us in as individuals. Like I'm trying to fix me. She's trying to work on her and uh, noticing how we're feeling has no reflection on the other person. Right. right. So um, she helped us through that. And it's, it, it's really something that spouses really struggle with. Why do you think spouses struggle with that so much, especially husbands? I think we have egos, all that kind of stuff. We want to be mm-hmm. the knight in shining army, that uh, knight in shining armor, that kind of thing. Why do you think husbands struggle with that so much? I, I think, and, and this is what I found over, you know, 
over a decade of doing therapy and then also coaching, most people and, and guys, especially most people, well, we all go into marriage of like, okay, yeah, I, I don't want to get divorced. We, we never go into marriage thinking that we're going to get divorced and, you know, fight all the time until 2am. So most people do the best they have with what they have, right? Most people, not everybody. Some people are just, you know, lazy and, you know, <laughs> or, you know, kind of messed up. Right. But most husbands that I talk to, we all want the best for our wives. You know, mm-hmm. if I can go, okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get you this. I'll serve you this way. I'll love you how you want to be loved and all this stuff. Like I really have a deep desire to make my wife happy. You know, and I think you do, and most of your listeners do too. So when something comes up and we go, oh, wait a minute, our wife, I can see she's mad, she's quiet, she's something. Okay, what can I do to fix it? What can I do to end that discomfort that she's having? Why? Because we care about her. And part of that is sometimes, especially in the past, I am not super duper comfortable with conflict. You know, I'm just like, okay, I want to like smooth this over and, you know, like, okay, let's, let's just get back to normal here kind of thing, you know, cause like feeling weird or quiet doesn't feel as good as laughing and talking and joking and connecting. Right. And one of the number one things, and I'm glad you said this, we tell our coaching clients often because men are fixers, women are processors, right. Right. To a degree. And I don't want to, you know, stereotype every human ever, but in my experience, again, men are fixers. And one of the most helpful things that I have done and I've told other coaching clients to do is when Melanie brings something to me or like, you know, she wants to talk about something. I literally ask her, is this something that you need my help on? Can I help you fix this? Or is this something that you want to process? And that does two amazing things that sets up the conversation in her mind of like, Oh, well, do I just want to talk about this with him process it, you know, kind of hang out or do I need a real fix with a specific timeline? So that sets her brain up like in that way. And then for me, I can put the fixer hat on. Okay, let me go grab my, you know, metaphorical tools here. Or I can be like, all right, let me put my supportive husband on. Oh, you want to grab a cup of coffee? Go sit on the couch. We'll talk. Or where's my notepad? Let's fix this. Let's call this guy. Let's do this kind of thing. So that sets me up in how to move forward. And that clears up so much conflict because, you know, how many times have, have you know, I've gone in there trying to fix something and Melly's like, you're not listening. You didn't hear a word I said. What is this? You know why? I don't feel this way. I'm like, well, but I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this, but I was trying to do the wrong thing. She didn't want that. Right. So it's really guys, husbands, dads, you know, and you can use this with your kids as well. So it's not just to, to your wife. Um, ask that question. Hey, is this something you need my help on that I can help help fix? Or do you just want to talk about it and process it? I'm here for you. Either one, just let me know which one. And then we have the roadmap, the direction to go. And that's, that's like a game changer. Yes. I love that you said that because uh, our coach has told, told me that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's actually something that I have heard. Uh, I had another guest on who, who does a similar thing with their kids. And, and, you know, you were mentioning it can work with your kid. Yes. Um, sometimes your kids or your spouse just want you to listen. So what I'll do when my wife's in that situation where she's kind of got some stuff on her mind and she'll want to talk to me, I'll ask her. I'll ask her, you know, not exactly how you said it, which I like better, but I'll say, is this something that you need me to help you with? Or is this something you just need me to sit and listen? Right. And then she'll tell me, I just need you. I just need to vent. That's what I need. I just need to vent and I'll I'll go cool. And I'll put the the listening ears on and I'm, I'm all intent. Now I'm not on my phone. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm focused on her paying attention to what she's saying, all that kind of stuff. And it's same thing with, 
you know, I, I need your opinion on this. Great. Then I'll give you my two cents. Um, and it's the same thing with our kids. We can do that with our kids. Sometimes your kids don't need your advice. They don't need your input. They just need to vent. They just need you to listen. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's super important for, especially husbands, it's super important for them to do with their wives. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Was, we were, we were just a quick story. So in, in using that with your kids, I think that sometimes as parents, uh, we, cause we want, we want to teach our kids, right. And our kids are, you know, 14, 13 and 10. So we're always trying to, as parents, we're always trying to be like, Oh no, this is the thing. Uh, and we, we try to like explain it, you know, and even last night we, uh, the kids made good grades. So we took them to sushi last night. Right. And, uh, my middle son asked something and I went into like explaining mode and he, and he was like, Oh, never mind. Just, and I was like, well, what? He's like, Oh no, never mind. I got it. And what he wanted was just like a conversation, not like some teacher dad moment kind of thing. I was like, Oh, you're right. Dang it. So, cause I remember how that felt, you know, as a kid, like, Hey, I'm just trying to talk to you and be normal here. You know, I don't need a, I don't need a lesson kind of thing. So that's, that's important. That's a good reminder for, for myself. Even. So even the, even the licensed therapist makes mistakes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, I want to, I want to um, kind of transition now a little bit into uh, us as parents, um, because I think for spouses, we have, these moments where we're in the middle of or about to be in the middle of a conflict or a disagreement. And I know that there are some parents that I've tried to encourage uh, in the coaching. I've tried to encourage parents, avoid conflict or disagreements in front of your kids. As a, as a real licensed therapist, why is that important? And I want uh, my viewers, listeners to really pay attention to this. Why is that important to, to avoid disagreements or, or having these arguments in front of your kids? Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's two sides to that, you know, because maybe my definition of a, a disagreement or argument will be different from a listener's, you know, it's like, oh, well, in my family of origin, I saw mom and dad yell and scream and fight and stuff. So that's, that's normal to me, right? Kind of thing. But in, in, in maybe Melanie's family of origin, it was quiet, it was calm, you know, you always like went to the bedroom to if you had a disagreement kind of thing. But with parenting, one of the big things that our kids pick up is the saying more is caught than taught, right? Right. So if we're thinking more is caught than taught, that doesn't, and I, I don't, I don't, we as parents sometimes have conflict and disagreements in front of our kids. Now, does it ramp up to, you know, 11? No, but we have civil conversations in front of the kids. And then what, what are we doing there? We're modeling, right? Okay. Dad has something that he's, you know, maybe disagrees with mom in. So they are, remember more is caught than taught. So dad is speaking respectfully, politely, uh, using, we have this thing called the uh, clearing structure, which utilizes I statements, you know, Hey, when you did that, it, it, it made me feel this. And what I want to see is more of this kind of thing. So if we're modeling that in front of our kids, guess how they're going to speak to their peers at school. Not all the time, of course, but that's the idea or their brothers and sisters or their husband or wife when they get older. Now there have been times where like, okay, this is, you know, kind of ramping up. We both can identify that and go, Hey, let's, let's step outside. Let's table this until, you know, the kids go to bed, let's go upstairs or something. But there, there really are um, adverse effects and the research bears this out on, you know, like kids who are around yelling or screaming or name calling or something that puts into them of like, Oh, wait a minute. My environment at home isn't as safe as I thought it is. And what do kids desire? They desire to be seen, to feel safe and uh, to feel heard. Right? So if home, they don't feel those three things, then they're going to go out and 
maybe do something they shouldn't be doing, you know, kind of thing. So I think the question, part of it is, yeah, what is, what do you identify? What's your definition of, you know, conflict and arguments? Is it a level 11 or are you modeling it at a level one or two, like having respectful conversations, kind of like you would with a coworker or a boss or your own mom or dad or something like that? You know, it's like, okay, we're keeping it civil. This is how we interact because family of origin is the family, is the uh, university of relationships. It's like, it's, it's how you learn to be a family. Like imagine your own family of origin, mom, dad, grandma, or whatever that looked like for you. That is really how you learned to be an adult in, uh, in a marriage, in a relationship, and in a family, in a future family. So we are creating the family of origin right now for our kids um, which is really important to think about. So we more is caught than taught. We want to model things. And uh, if, if we can't identify, if it gets too crazy, like, hey, all right, both of us, let's agree. Of course, you have to agree on that stuff beforehand, not during the fight, because it's really hard, you know, flooded, right. you know, emotions are high and stuff like that. Uh, so you have to agree beforehand. Hey, if it gets here, let's go over here and talk about it and resolve it, not in front of the kids. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree with that. And, and you bring up two points there. Um, first of all, healthy disagreements are okay. Healthy disagreements in front of your kids is okay. That's what I'm hearing from you. As long as it doesn't get to that level 11. And then also on the flip side of that, if it's not going to be one of those situations where, where you can maintain a, a civil conversation with your spouse in front of your kids, and it's going to possibly get to an elevated level, then we need to table it. And that is something uh, just being completely transparent. That is something that my wife and I struggled with early in our years of marriage. We've been married for uh, going on 25 years this June. So early in our years of marriage, when our kids were little, we did struggle with that because we were, you know, maybe our family origins were a little bit different. When I grew up, you know, I always heard arguments and things like that. And, and I'm not quite sure on my wife's side, I think they were a little bit more uh, civil, but uh, it was, you know, we kind of grew up in, or I kind of grew up in that situation. So um, yeah, that's having these healthy disagreements is okay. Number one, it teaches our kids that, Hey, like you said, um, this is how a man treats a woman. And this is how a woman is treated by a man, or this is how a woman treats a man, right? So if you have a daughter, you want to know that your daughter knows how a man should treat a woman when she gets older. Same thing for the same thing for our sons. We want to, we want our sons to know this is how you treat a woman and this is how you should be treated as a man. So Mm -hmm. I think that that teaches them that. So uh, of course, when you're having these healthy disagreements, your kids see that and they understand that. and, And hopefully they will model that when they're older. On the flip side, if you're having these arguments or disagreements and they, and they get to an elevated level in front of your kids, you're, like you said, creating an environment that's not safe or healthy or, uh, or can break down the trust within the family for your kids. So now they feel like they can't trust you because they don't know what your state's going to be at if they're having a disagreement with you. Um, And so there's that level of trust that goes away. And I think that that's important for parents to understand with our kids that, listen, our job as parents is to provide food, uh, clothing, a roof, and a safe place. Mm -hmm. And something that my wife and I really were good about with our two boys when they grew up is, listen, we don't care what you've done right or wrong. We're on your team. We're on your side and we're going to support you. And I want to know about it. We, we can talk through it. Um, and so we've always had that communication with our boys. And to this day, even though they're grown adults, um, to this day, they can have conversations with us and they know that we're not going to get uh, upset. We may be disappointed, 
but we're not going to get upset because we've built that level of trust. So I think that's important for parents to understand. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a safety net, you know, cause as parents, I want my kid to be able to come to me with anything, you know, it's yeah. almost like hurtful if they don't, because maybe that means that I made a mistake kind of thing. Like, Oh man, I, I should have noticed that or whatnot. And it's never too late. You know, you can always go to your kid and say, Hey, dad was this dad was whatever, you know, it's different now. Let's rebuild a relationship. Of course, that's, that's maybe for, for older kids. Uh, maybe not the conversation with, well, I mean, sometimes, you know, I've, I've had uh, moments where I kind of lost it, you know, on my kids kind of thing. And then you go back later and we call it repair. Like, okay, we're going to do some repair work. Hey, dad, no, no, no excuses, but I want to apologize and say that I'm working on this. You know, I love you. We're, we're safe. We're cool. You know, and sometimes, um, kid might not respond right away with like, well, okay, it still hurts feelings. Then I have to go, you know what? I get it. I understand. I'm going to give you space. And then, you know, a couple hours later, come back, we'll go, you know, get a milkshake or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was actually going to be my next question for couples that, um, you know, whether it's one-on-one with your kids or in front of your kids, when you guys mess up, because you're going to have mistakes, you're going to make mistakes in front of your kids. Um, how do you repair that with your kids? And I think it's super important for us to be able to be vulnerable with our kids and apologize and let them know that, hey, and I've done this, I've done this many times with my boys. Hey, I messed up. Your dad's human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'll probably make more in the future. But one thing that I did with my boys, there's two things, actually. Number one, I always tried to get down on their level. So I never, so if they were, they're now taller than me, they're six, three, but when they were shorter than I was, I wasn't speaking down to them. I was always down at their level. And I said, listen, I messed up. I made a mistake. What can I do in your opinion? What can I do to make sure that that doesn't happen again for you? What can I do? And I let them speak and I listen. And then I say, okay, good. I'm glad you shared that with me. I'm going to work on that. I promise to work on that. Um, So I think that's important. Uh, You agree, or is there another tool or tactic that parents can use to kind of repair situations with their kids when they've made mistakes? Yeah. I love what you said, getting down on their level. Um, You know, obviously younger kids, right? So, you know, take a knee, whatever, sit in a, you know, chair kind of facing each other. Say, you know, listen, buddy, you know, you're looking in the eye, eye contact, all this stuff. Listen, buddy, uh, let me, let me tell you why I'm sorry because of this. It's like the power of an apology, you know, and like parents. So there, there has to be a level of, okay, you have to be fairly self-aware to like have gone to your kids, you know, when they were growing up to apologize, to recognize your mistakes. Right. So Mm -hmm. first it it starts here, right. With, with you, the dad, like, okay, I gotta be self-aware here. So that's, that's key. And then going to the kid and say, Hey, listen, I am apologizing. Of course, you're not going to blame like, well, I yelled at you because you know, you left, you spilt milk on the thing. It's like, well, it's, it's a kid. Okay. So let's like have some grace here kind of thing. So you have to take all those things to account into account, but the power of the apology say, listen, buddy, I, I am really sorry. Dad, dad honestly messed up, you know, and don't blame it on other things. You know, well, I had a hard day at work or traffic was bad or all that other stuff, you know, because then what, what is the kid learning? It's like, oh, you can yell at people if you had a bad day. You know, and that's not what I want my boys and especially my daughter to know. So um, taking ownership, 
like Jocko Willink, you know, extreme ownership, like uh, accountability, taking ownership and accountability of it, apologizing, and then saying, I will try my best not to do this. And if you see, not, not, not giving all the power to the kid, like, because sometimes we can put too heavy a load on a kid, you know, like, oh, now I got to take care of dad and his emotions. This is weird. I'm only 12. Well, I can barely take care of my own kind of thing. So, um, but saying to the kid, hey, man, if, if you see, like, me saying that or, or, or something, you know, rubs you the wrong way, let me know, you know, just tell me, he's like, Hey dad, that hurt my feelings or dad, you know, you, you're, you're kind of amping up again. You're like, Oh buddy, thank you so much. You are exactly right. You know? And then that's, that's a signal for you to turn a corner. Like, okay, go take a minute, go take a breather, whatever you got to do as a dad, and then come back and re-engage with the kid. But that is so important. Just the power of an apology, because then you're also modeling right? You're modeling like, okay, when your kids mess up and they realize they mess up, you know, don't have an ego, humble yourself and go apologize. If you really messed up, you know, the power of the apology and the power of gratitude is so, so important. And just in a family in general. Um, but, uh, not only, not only in the family, but for yourself as well. Yeah. Why do you think husbands struggle with apology so much? Because that means that we didn't know to do the right thing. You know, we always want to like, have our stuff together to do the right thing, you know, and it's ego, it's pride and stuff like that. But when, when guys especially can realize, oh man, I don't know everything. I did make a mistake and it's okay. You know what I mean? If, if we're only making mistakes, then we got to, you know, reassess what we're doing, but just, you know, you could swallow, you could say swallowing your pride or just being humbling yourself and go, ah, oh, dang it made a mistake. It's not the end of the world. I think my wife or kids will still accept me. Hopefully they will, you know, if it's not too egregious, I guess, but it's like an admittance of something of like, Oh man, I thought I was this and I missed the mark. That doesn't feel good. But how do you improve? Identify that. Identify the whole reasons that led up to whatever, you know, the, the instance where you missed the mark and then work on those, make a list, have a routine, get some accountability, get people in your life who can speak wisdom and encouragement to you. And then that's how you grow. Right. But yeah, it is hard. You know, it's like, oh man, I, I messed up. Well, I'm not going to admit that. I'm just going to keep on going alone. It's like, well, then you end up in a worse place oftentimes. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I'm getting feedback. Um, all right, all right. I'm getting feedback. Mm, it's not anything on my end. All right, cool. Um, well, listen, Seth, uh, real quick for my listeners, want to look you up a little bit more about you, where is the best place for them to do that? Yeah, thank you. So they can go to anatomyofus.com to find anything and everything that we do. And I do want to talk about maybe three main things. So I kicked off a men's mastermind. It's called the Badass Husband Mastermind. You can go to badasshusband.com. And then in the, in the mastermind, we focus on five things, body, brain, beliefs, bank, and board. And those are for guys who want to improve their game in all areas for themselves, for their marriage, and especially for their, their families and also their careers. They just, they know that there's more, they want to be around other guys who are doing the same. And uh, that's saying, you know, you're the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. For me, I want to hang out with dudes like you and dudes who are doing other awesome things. So go to badasshusband.com. And also equally as cool, my wife also started a women's mastermind and that you guys can go to anatomyofus.com forward slash women's group coaching. And it's all on anatomyofus.com. And those ladies, man, it's 
like a competition now. It's like, okay, who can, who can have the, the greatest growth, the greatest increase, you know, just being awesome all around. And also uh, go check out Anatomy of Us podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to marriage, family of origin, uh, family, all kinds of stuff. So we have a lot of fun over there too. Awesome. Um, for my viewers, listeners, make sure you guys are checking out Seth and the things that he and his wife are doing. Um, I'm really excited that we got a chance to do this. Uh, I know that uh, what you guys are doing is phenomenal. Um, and I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship and continue our connection because us together, working together uh, can really help improve families in general. So thank you very much, Seth, for joining me, brother. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed it. And thank you so much and keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Listen, guys, you've, you've just watched another episode of Dad Up with my good buddy, Seth. Make sure you guys are checking out what he's doing on not only Instagram, but his websites that he mentioned. And also make sure you guys are subscribing to his podcast. And then don't forget to subscribe to mine and uh, make sure you guys are watching, leaving comments, letting us, uh, letting us know what you guys thought. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But I appreciate you guys all joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dad Up. Thanks for listening to another episode of Data. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. And do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you to see what you think of the show. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming up each and every week. Thank you for listening. This is Data. Up.